Okay, hello everyone and welcome to the Actus podcast, Talking CDI, the nation's only program dedicated to the clinical documentation integrity profession. The Actus podcast is a bi-weekly program dedicated to bringing you closer to the difference makers in CDI and sharing the latest news and information relevant to the CDI profession and Actus. Today, Thursday, December 5th, marks our 138th program. My name is Brian Murphy, Director of Actus, the Association of Clinical Documentation Integrity Specialists, and I'm your host for today's program, Provider Engagement. I'm joined today by my co-host at left, freshly back from the West Coast, uh, Laurie Prescott. Laurie is the CDI Education Director for us here at Actus in Middleton, Mass. Laurie is the developer and lead instructor for our Actus Bootcamp line and is a subject matter expert. Um, she's a former CDI manager and co-author of our new indispensable CDI reference, the Actus Pocket Guide. So welcome back to the program, Laurie. Thanks, Brian. All right. And next, I'd like to introduce today's special guest, uh, Tracy Bolt. Tracy is Manager of Clinical Documentation Integrity for Essentia Health in Duluth, Minnesota. By way of background, she started a CDI program while working as a CDI specialist, became an ICD-10 educator for a large multi-specialty hospital, went into nationwide CDI consulting and education, and currently she works as system manager for Essentia Health, which is a large multi-special healthcare system. During her 17 years of nursing and 11-year career in CDI, she's participated in many local and Actus, uh, local and national committees, uh, co-chair the Minnesota Actus local chapter uh, from 2012 to 2015. May have seen Tracy uh, speaking at our national conference as well as the Actus Symposium. Um, she's uh, Gosh, done so much with us, implemented a new outpatient CDI program at a current healthcare system, volunteered for a CCDSO committee, has been everywhere, including our recently quarterly call we did with our members on this topic. But we're very pleased to have Tracy today. Before I turn it over to her, just to say, uh, just to welcome her, Tracy is uh, a little under the weather today with her voice, um, is battling a sickness, um, and she's bravely soldiering on on today's program so I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to have her on. <laughs> Welcome Tracy. Good morning Brian. Good morning right. Laurie. Good morning Tracy. Okay so like I always do I'm going to start with a poll question related to today's topic. You all should be seeing this coming up uh, on your screens. So the question reads how would you rate the level of provider engagement in your hospital or across your organization as a whole? Would you say it's outstanding, which we're saying physician buy-in is extremely high? Uh, is provider engagement good? Physicians, for the most part, are receptive. Would you say it's fair? Some physicians are on board, but maybe some are not. Uh, poor. CDI uh, as a whole is seen as intrusive, disruptive, or physicians just aren't responding, or not applicable. Again, how would you rate the level of provider engagement in your hospital across your organization? Outstanding, uh, good, fair, 
poor are not applicable. All right, we've got uh, about 80% of our audience has voted, so I'm gonna go ahead, close this poll out, and as we always do, we will come back to the results in just a few minutes. All right, as I mentioned, our guest today is uh, Tracy Bolt. Uh, Tracy, welcome to the show, and thanks again for being a part of the Actus uh, podcast. Um, I thought we could start by kind of discussing the role of a CDI professional at Essentia and uh, the, the, the expectations you place on them regarding provider engagement. You know, um, provider engagement takes time, and we're going to be talking about that a little bit on today's show. It takes time away from chart review and, that, and uh, you know, the day-to-day the, the -day routines of CDI professionals. So I'm curious whether this is something that is part of every CDI specialist's um, expectation and role, or uh, is it per perhaps you ask uh, certain staff to perform provider engagement? And I, I also believe you have both on-site and remote CDI reviewers. So just curious how you see this role and, and how you uh, ask your prof CDI professionals to perform um, engagement activities with providers. Sure, Brian. Um, at Essential Health, we see provider engagement as one of the um, success areas in our program. Um, not every hospital has the same um, method of provider engagement. Uh, one of our hospitals, they round um, three days a week with providers in the more critical care areas, whereas other areas, other of, of our hospitals um, will attend maybe every uh, once a month meeting or um, just go and have an ad hoc meeting with some of the providers. Our team does do all of the orientation and we have created a clinical career ladder within our CDI team where we have a individual that actually focuses on um, a particular hospital, our largest hospital in the Duluth market. And she um, really focuses in on the deeper discussions with regards to documentation and the importance to their practice alongside our physician advisor. As far as our staff, we do have a hybrid approach where uh, some of our staff are very comfortable being in the facility, where others prefer to share that um, work from home opportunity. So they have the opportunity to share that. But we do have somebody on site in the majority of our hospitals the majority of the time, but not the entire staff. Gotcha. Very interesting. So in, in what you were saying, Tracy, you, you talked about um, things like rounding with the physicians and physician meetings. What are some of the other ways that you engage the providers at Essentia? Um, you know, how, how do you, I guess what was interesting about what you were saying is different facilities may have different ways of doing it, which I, I think is a wonderful approach. You've got to play to the culture within your organization. And I also have heard that you have some theories on CDI specialists being a resource for clinicians. So if you can describe Absolutely. that to me, that would be great. Sure. So in, in one particular facility, um, 
we have a very strong relationship with individual providers. They will reach out for, um, for help, basically. Um, I need help with my documentation. Can you help me? Um, and within that, we've learned that it's not just the documentation that they need help with. They need help with maybe the electronic health record. So, for instance, this particular provider has engaged us to help with his preference lists or help with his smart phrases or dot phrases, which then all the way around help him perform documentation at the point of care. Uh, we offer that service as well. So I think that's what you're referring to, Lori, is mm -hmm. how do we um, engage providers beyond the query? You know, I, I really am a firm believer in reducing queries. I I'm sure I'm not alone in that um, thought process that queries are just a easy way to get something sent electronically. But if you don't get in the front of the physician and help them and, and become their partner, um, I feel that we, we, we're going to be doing a disservice to our providers. Definitely. I, you know, the, the one thing that you said is they're coming to you and asking for help. And that's, to me, the biggest measure of physician engagement is when they come knock on your door. So you're doing something right because they're coming to you for that guidance. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I really like your, your thoughts on being a resource, um, that it's not always just the query that they need help with, but it could be charting in the EHR or, you know, how to get to certain uh, elements of the record. So that's that's great that you have that flexibility. Um, you know, just curious, Tracy, how, how you kind of uh, measure all of this, if at all. You know, um, people are, are constantly asking about how, you know, it seems like everything these days is, is kind of measured and, and um, people want to see a chart or a engagement rate. So do you, you guys look at things like and on track things like uh, capture rates by provider, uh, response rates? Um, maybe there's some other metric you might use to, to determine you're engaging in meaningful ways with essential health providers, or is it, or is it just kind of um, a general, um, you know, sort of a chemistry you're building or, or a general, um, good relationship you're building. So just, just wondering how this is all measured, if at all. Sure. Uh, a couple of areas that I, I measure, and uh, one is our CDI team, the inpatient team. And remember, we have both an inpatient and an outpatient team. So yep. for our inpatient team, um, they, they will document on um, an, a spreadsheet, per se, the hours that they spend away from chart review. And then those hours are generally either for themselves and their education or for a physician and or their department. So I can look at a particular area of specialty and see how many hours we've dedicated to that team. Also, we use an external vendor that um, allows us to take a look at predictive analytics to really hone into a particular department, particular physicians, um, and then do a comparison of their peers to see, is the education that we're providing um, measurable? Is it, is it showing impact? Are we, are we moving the needle as far as diagnosis capture? Because in, in the picture, I think of the overall health of our patients, we need to capture everything that's applicable to their health. Um, and that particular uh, predictive analytic tool helps us with that. Outstanding, thank you. Yeah, that's that's great. I mean, it's always good to have some a little more hard numbers to support 
the engagement. Now, you know, one thing that every pro program I go to struggles with balancing the time that you spend engaging providers and actually reviewing the records, because um, reviewing the records is a whole lot easier to, to measure numbers and, and impact than those discussions with the physicians. So how do you juggle that um, with the need to be, um, you know, doing that discussion and engagement with the physicians as well? That's a great question, Lori. Um, as far as our productivity numbers and how we juggle, um, my I, our productivity is really based on a monthly average, so it's so many a goal of so many charts per day, and that is initials, concurrently re-reviews, and then that average is then totaled out by the month. That allows for that flexibility. So, mm -hmm. for instance, on Tuesday, if you have multiple orientations, it's obvious you're not going to get to your average chart reviews. Um, for that or the chart reviews for that day. However, maybe on Wednesday and Thursday you are exceeding those chart reviews and that all averages into all of the work that's being done. I'm really trying not to look at each day as a number, but I look at the overall continuum of the month. How much education have we provided? What's the percentage of charts that we've looked at? And then again, the overall um, picture of the CDI program. I don't know if that answered your incomplete question, but um, I think our team is, uh, I know that they will tell you that they work really hard, which they very much do, um, but they do a lot of things. And we look at all aspects of the chart as well as um, providing that education and really creating that career ladder has helped us move to that next level of provider engagement. Yeah, that's perfect. I, I love that you're not looking just from day to day. You're looking at that overall because each day of the week is going to offer different challenges um, to the CDI and that allows them to react to those challenges that are in front of them at the moment versus counting how many records they've looked at today. So I think that's a perfect way to utilize their talents. I agree, Lori. I think it's most important that we share that we are a resource and a partner to our providers. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that the team would much rather go have a discussion with our provider than um, send him the ninth or tenth query for the same thing. Absolutely, absolutely. Yep. No doubt. We do have a, a question here that I might try to work in from one of our, our listeners. Um, this, this listener asked, uh, can Tracy discuss her team's relationship with the IT informatics team and or what kind of uh, EMR training her team receives? Since providers ask it sounds like they ask you, Tracy, for help with the EMR from time to time. So do, do you yourself get training from the uh, the IT team the, uh, um, on EMR so you're, you're feeling pretty comfortable with how it all functions? Sure. So again, I really look at my team as everybody brings um, an individual talent to the table. And we do have a particular CDI specialist that's incredibly talented with the EMR, as well as he has developed relationships with our IT team. We use Epic. Um, and so when he has a request or we have a request by a particular um, specialty or department, he will um, not ask me those questions because I don't know them, but he will ask um, his resource and then the resources and this particular CDI specialist will work together to come up with a solution for the provider. So the solution could be 
uh, will help with those dot phrases to ensure that they're compliant or uh, perhaps it's just more hands-on training and then that'll get um, resource to the IT team to help them with their EMR optimization training. That's great. So you have a kind of a dedicated resource, someone who's shown an aptitude and and uh, that's a great way to get that person um, more involved in the job. Yeah, I really want to stress that um, we have we have members on our team that really enjoy chart review and are very good at it. We have members that like chart review, but also like a flavor to do a few other talents or tasks um, and, and projects. And it's really important, I think, as a, a manager to ensure that you see all of what your team is willing to do and wants to do. And you can really put all the pieces together. Not everybody fits in the same box. Right, right. right? Well, let's maybe wrap up here with the with the final thought here. Um, so Tracy, actually, you know, maybe, maybe I'll work in one more from a from a listener because um, I was going to ask you just a, a final tip or a or a way that you could share for folks that might want to improve their provider engagement. But this one from a, a listener, I thought um, might even be better. They're they're wondering any tips you might have on how to convince leadership that provider engagement and education is important <laughs> rather than just sending the same query over and over again. <laughs> so this, is, this well, sounds that's like this a really big question. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, so um, I have to put it a little disclaimer that I really didn't know any of our providers when I started with Essentia three years ago. I didn't know any of the um, leadership other than who I reported to. And uh, that was one of my main goals was to uh, really learn who who are the leaders within the departments, who are their managers, so operation managers or clinic managers or um, specialty managers, and and start putting all the pieces together. You know, who can I reach out to to get a simple task done, and then who do I need to reach out to to get a more complex task done? And then you utilize them, and, and this is just my methodology, but when I send out an email requesting help, everybody's on that email and um, everybody gets the same communication because I believe in consistent communication so that if I'm asking for either a meeting or I'm asking for physician buy-in or just simply a diagnosis um, capture via query, it, it really is about everybody helping out. It's not just one person in general. So as far, in, at Essentia, we are incredibly blessed. Our CFO stands 110% behind our program. And so that, that was a given when I stepped on board. So we didn't have to get any buy-in per se from our CFO. Exactly, um, building on that a little more is they came to, um, us to build a, an outpatient CDI program as well. So uh, they really mm -hmm. do understand the impact of um, having CDI in the charts, whether it's in your ambulatory arena or your ED or your inpatient arena. I hope that answered her question. Really yeah. building those resources, developing re relationships with your clinics, mm -hmm. your specialties. Um, and if you can get one physician or two physicians to really understand it, they honestly will share their knowledge with their peers and you use them to help you that's great Definitely. advice tracy absolutely all right we're going to uh bounce back to our poll results we have those in i'm going to be pull those up you should be uh, seeing them on your screen so again we asked our audience 
how would you rate the level of provider engagement in your hospital and or across your organizations? Um, so majority, 51% said good. Physicians, for the most part, are receptive. Uh, we did have some other variation here. We had uh, the next largest bucket was fair, 34% say that some physicians are on board and some are not. 6% um, are in the real lucky group, outstanding physician buy-ins, extremely high. Uh, we do have 7% of our audience who report uh, provider engagement is poor, where CDI is seen as intrusive and or disruptive, and 2% not applicable. As I always say, not all of our listeners are currently working in acute care or even in CDI. So, um, curious what you think, Laurie and Tracy. 51% uh, good, 34% fair, 6% outstanding, and 7% poor. Curve there. Right. Um, I would, for the 7% in the poor category, I would ask them um, to look at their behaviors and under or their efforts and try to understand why they're being seen as intrusive and disruptive. And perhaps that means pulling your physicians or working with your physicians to understand how would you like us to communicate with you. And it may just be the process that you have in place needs to be adapted a little to complement the physician's workday and work patterns so that perhaps when they see you, they don't think, oh gosh, she's going to slow me down. Um, but they perhaps you can complement the flow of their day a little more and understand that one physician may want it done one way and another physician may may want you to engage with them in an entirely different way. And you mm -hmm. need to meet them in that middle because we're there to be their resource and service them. Right. Any thoughts here, Tracy? I agree with you, Laurie. I really challenge the 34% that are in the fair category to do exactly what Laurie uh, recommended. Is it perhaps it's the the way you're communicating? Perhaps a PowerPoint presentation isn't what's necessary for that group. Maybe they need more case studies or elbow to elbow time with them. Uh, CDI isn't going away. Chart review and recommendations are not going away. Uh, I challenge the fair group to um, reevaluate how you're um, presenting and to the physicians and and find some key players in there that you can work with that'll support you and start. Um, I always call it um, start drinking the Kool-Aid and spreading it around <laughs> a little bit. Um, right. I would say that Essentia is not an excellent either. We definitely have providers that um, are very busy and maybe mm -hmm. are taking time. So um, we definitely would fall into that second category as well. We would all yeah. like to be excellent, but. Uh, I know, if you're in the outstanding category, write me after the show, because I want to get you on a future <laughs> podcast. <laughs> We'd all love to know. Well, thanks everyone for sharing those results. Um, at this point, I'm going to switch to our in the news segment. So in the news is a regular segment of the podcast featuring the latest news and industry updates relevant to the CDI profession. Today, I'd like to discuss this article I'm showing on my screen. It's uh, from the HFMA called How One ACO Leveraged Universal Truths of Value-Based Contracting for Success. Um, so as I always do, I will share the, the link to this article after the program. It is a lengthy article. I think it's, it's very good. Um, 
and I kind of wanted to just to share a couple highlights here from the article. Um, so this is a ACO out in my neck of the woods out here in Boston. Well, by the way, we're cleaning out from our first big snowstorm of the year, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but the article, I think, gives a nice overview of some of the challenges we have with uh, value-based um, payments. So it reads, the challenges physicians face in adapting to value-based payment are well-documented and often cited as a cause of burnout. That's why a hallmark of successful accountable care organizations, or ACOs, is the ability to simplify the complexities of value-based care for physicians. According to Jennifer Carney, who's quoted extensively in this piece, she's the Vice President of Finance and Analytics for Beth Israel Leahy Health Performance Network in Boston, which was formed in March 2019 with Beth Israel Deaconess Care Organizations. Um, so this, this group here, the Beth Israel Deaconess Care Organization, or BIDCO, they're an ACO, and they have some great, great lessons in this article uh, offering other healthcare organizations seeking the best path forward as they form ACOs. We know they're becoming more and more uh, commonplace to venture into value-based contracting. Um, so this, uh, just Jennifer Carney has, you know, and, and there's some great statistics and, and glances here about what BIDCO is. It's eight hospitals, 2,700 physicians, uh, 200,000 covered risk lives and uh, 1.5 billion dollars in value-based revenue. Um, but she talked about some of the difficulties with value-based. Um, we've we we covered this quite a lot recently. Um, you know, just how it's a lot more complex, right, than than traditional IPPS reimbursement. Um, it's um, it's hard to to actually describe how physician uh, documentation impacts risk. Um, uh, some, of these, some of these obstacles include a lack of resources, unpredictability of revenue stream, and the difficulty of understanding the complexity of the financial risk. Uh, but Carney says the key and kind of tying into today's show on provider engagement is really, uh, it starts with communication. So she says communication is key the complexities of the risk model make communication and transparency essential to performing well in a value-based contract. It's hard to ask physicians and hospitals to perform under these new models if they don't understand what the rules of the game are. To create a focus, you need to cut through all the complexity and make it as simple and directive as possible to drive performance. Um, and there's some really great strategies in here if you are involved with an ACO uh, that are outlined um, let's see if I can scroll down to these here. They, here we go. You know, this ACO started by grouping its physicians into pods, an average of 28 physicians in each pod, and then identifying physician champions to represent each pod at the network level. And Carney said that approach helped to bring their stakeholders together at the table and educate them on the components of risk. Um, so she says, we seek their feedback through their physician champions on how to best measure performance. So we talked again about that today, measurement, and then working internally to create our reporting and the analytics that drive the focus. Um, so really an interesting article here, I think covers a lot of ground, a lot more than I can cover today. It has some of the keys to success here, again, in a nice infographic outlined 
Um, some great strategies shared on creating dashboards and providing actionable data for physicians. You know, it just it just strikes me that this article covers many of the strategies we reviewed uh, in the case studies presented at our third annual ACTA Symposium outpatient CDI just a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, Tracy, you were obviously at the symposium. Just curious if you had any thoughts about this article, whether this resonates with anything that you guys are trying to do at Essentia Health. Um, yeah, it sure does, Brian. We are an ACO as well, and we have a very strong population health um, department, and we are very transparent. We have dashboards built for all of our specialty lines um, to to see where their risk scores are. So uh, very similar to this, uh, we don't have as large of a um, risk population, um, but it's uh, very similar. Right. Yeah, and again, some really nice tips in here. You know, the so the this ACO does three things to promote and focus prioritization. They meet quarterly to review and discuss performance, not, not unlike a regular business. Um, monitor, measure performance, regular basis, and then create dashboards. So um, I thought this was a good article uh, just for overall, you know, CDI, whether or not you're part of an ACO, how you might get increase your physician engagement, but certainly if you are part of one, um, some really good data here. So as I always do, I will uh, post the link to this um, in the show notes in the recording of this program. All right, I'm just going to wrap up here with a brief Actus update. Uh, Actus updates are regular feature bringing you the latest updates on what's going on inside of our association. Um, Today's show on provider engagement is is really the first announcement on this on the Actus podcast of a newly launched ongoing series that we're working on within Actus. Um, over the next several months, culminating at our 2020 Actus conference in Vegas, and I hope you can make it May May 5th through 8th, right over here. As you can see, it's our lucky 13th this year. Um, we're going to be uh, unveiling a, a series of pa papers highlighting this topic, uh, including a series of case studies, one of which happens to be Tracy's, uh, ranging from organizations that have opted for full clinical integration of their CDI staff, working at the elbow of providers, to all the way to CDI programs that are 100% remote and how they address provider engagement. Uh, also, of course, these hybrid models in between that have blended the best of both worlds. Um, we realize that not one size does not fit all when it comes to provider engagement. So the intent with the series is to provide different models that can work based on your uh, budget, your organization size and type, and then hopefully come up with at the end with some strategies that might work across all organizations, irrespective of size. Um, again, we're going to have several reports on this. We're covering these on our Actus quarterly conference calls. And then we're going to conclude this with a panel session at the 2020 conference in Vegas. Um, maybe Tracy will participate. I got to talk to her about that as well. Um, so I'm really, ex really excited about the series. It's, it's been a lot of fun already. Uh, and uh, again, much more to come in the months ahead. Uh, I did want to also mention my colleague, um, Linnea Archibald is telling me that um, I'm going to scroll through the screen here. Um, there is still time to throw your hat into the Actus CDI scholarship ring. There's a nice play on words there with the more to board hat. 
Um, we do have a new active scholarship. This is brand new for us. Uh, our deadline closes December 31st. So there's still time to get your application in. Um, again, I will, I will link to this, um, a lot to cover here, but we do have three scholarships that we're awarding. Um, it's an it's a application process, review process. We have a sponsor, Nuance, uh, who's generously sponsoring this program and is um, uh, part of their support is allowing us to reimburse our scholarship recipient attending a 2020 conference up to $1,500 in travel expenses. So I'm very excited about the debut of this scholarship program. I think this is a great first step and we're going to continue to expand it in coming years, but there is still time to apply for it. But that deadline does close on December 31st. All right. Well, that is going to do it for today's edition of the Actus podcast. Uh, we're going to be coming back here again in two weeks on a regular cadence on a Wednesday again. Uh, our final show of 2019 will be clinical series episode three. We're going to be covering just a variety of diagnoses uh, and some common questions we get. Uh, our, our guest is going to be Don Valdez. We're pleased to welcome back to the program. You may remember her from prior shows. Uh, she's going to be answering some of these common and difficult documentation and coding questions. So as always, if you have any suggestions for future guests, ideas about the format of the show, you know how to get me. It's bmurphy at actus.org. Thanks again, Tracy Bolt, for coming on today's show and, and braving the uh, braving your, you know, me, your realness. And yeah, you, you did a great job regardless. So, and everyone else will see you Tracy. back again. Yeah, absolutely. We'll see you back here again in two weeks, everyone. Take care now. Bye-bye.